With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. I'm Chris Mannix, joined as always by Rohan Nodkerny. And Rohan, we are going to lean into one of your favorite topics today, and that is the MVP race. You are the author of the MVP ladder over at SI.com. So we're going to talk about that, specifically the case of Jason Tatum, who has become kind of the topic of the week with his candidacy, his numbers, not, you know, what other MVP candidates are, but his team is winning in ways that other MVP candidates uh, are not. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to get into the LeBron, Bronny James uh, stuff that's out there right now. LeBron not happy with the mock drafters. Uh, specifically, one thing, Jonathan Gavoni kind of kicked this thing off with um, his latest mock draft that removed Bronny James from the 2024 draft class. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks, who are starting to turn a corner a little bit here, maybe showing some signs of life in uh, in Milwaukee. So let's begin, though, Ron, with the MVP race, which is pretty wide open at the moment. Um, The latest ESPN straw poll taken back in early February, had Nikola Jokic as a clear leader. No reason to think he isn't right now. Joel Embiid was in that mix, but Joel Embiid is now out of it, given he will not beat the 65-game threshold for uh, award winners in the NBA. Shea Gildas-Alexander, fantastic year. Giannis Antetokounmpo, fantastic year. Same with Luka Doncic. Same with uh, Kawhi Leonard. The name that has come up most recently, it's come up partly because he's put it into the water supply, is Jason Tatum, who over All-Star Weekend said he was the best player in the NBA. 
made some comments in the aftermath of that, talking about how he should be considered. Uh, you know, even though his numbers aren't what other MVP candidates are, because he's on a team that's winning at the highest level, best record in the NBA, leading the Eastern Conference by a country mile. Um, and look, he's had some support. It's not Draymond Green out there backing up Jason Tatum's uh, candidacy. Other players and coaches, uh, ex-players and coaches as well, have weighed in on this. So let me start there with you. Um, how serious is Jason Tatum's candidacy right now? And should it be more serious given where Boston is in the standings? You know, I I think he's got a serious case to be considered on the ballot. And I think that there's... We should celebrate players who make the ballot. I, I think it's an accomplishment to get MVP votes. I think he's – I've had him kind of in that 5-6 range the last few weeks, especially as Embiid has dropped out. And listen, there's no doubt the Celtics have been, I'd say, the most consistent team in the league, by far the best team in the East, certainly, uh, number one in net rating for practically the entire season. And Tatum's having a great year, great individual numbers, uh, and so much of their offense is based on if Tatum gets a mismatch – and get someone in the post, basically your defense is toast. I mean, you're screwed. You got nothing to do. Uh, at the same time, you know, if this was like 10, 15 years ago, I think Tatum is maybe even running away with this award because of how often it just went to the best player on the best team. But he has a few things working against him. First, you mentioned the numbers. While they are very good, I mean, Giannis is averaging, what, 30 and 11. I mean, Luka's up to nearly 35 points a game. Um you know, Jokic is averaging, averaging close to a triple-double every night. Uh, you know, numbers-wise, he's very good, but he's not necessarily at that level. You know, Shea just Gilgis Alexander, over 30 points a game. I believe he's at 31 right now. And then on the other hand, you have the fact that Tatum plays for a fantastic team, and then that's working against him here. The Celtics, uh, they have, per cleaning the glass, they have an 11.4 net rating with Tatum on the floor. But with him off the floor, they have an 8.0 net rating. That that still would be uh, one of the best marks in the league. So the fact that the team can play that well without him, you think about those two years Jokic won MVP, uh, he had historical splits in terms of his on-off court differential. I'm not saying that's the end-all, be-all for most valuable player, but when you're judging value, that's an important metric, and that that's something that hurts Tatum. You know, it's funny because I, I wrote about this today, Chris. You mentioned Tatum and his numbers. You look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell – uh, scoring a little bit better than Tatum, field goal percentage right in the same range, not as many rebounds, uh, more assists per game. It's like, couldn't you throw him on there? You know, the Cavs are second to the Celtics, and they're behind by quite a few games, but they were missing two of their best players. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was carrying guys like Max Struess, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, who they're not bad players. They're not exactly Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and Derek White. So I think that those are the kinds of things working against Tatum right now. I think... There's no shame finishing in that five to six range, but I do think there's there's a little bit of a drop off when you look at guys like Jokic, Shea, uh, even Giannis to an extent, Luca obviously. Uh, I think what they've done with less loaded rosters, uh, with just as good counting stats. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the argument for Mitchell as well. They got white hot when you mm-hmm. know their top guys were out. Evan Mobley was out. Uh, Darius Garland was out. You know, Mitchell put that team on his back. You look at how they came out of the All-Star break, the two games Mitchell missed, they couldn't score. You know, that just reinforced mm-hmm. the value of Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, I think Tatum falls into that that exception category that we talk about a lot, where 
if you are on the team that is by far and away the most dominant team. Like the Celtics right now, five games up in the loss column on anybody else mm-hmm. in the NBA in either conferences. They are they have a point differential of plus 10.5. That's like three points better than everybody else in the NBA. So they are winning and they are blowing teams out. Uh, and Tatum is a big reason why. I mean, I mentioned the scoring is probably three, four points off of the other guys in that mix. But his field goal percentage is up from last year. His three-point percentage is up from last year. His assist numbers are up from last year. His efficiency in the post is up from every year of his career. He's a much more, much better efficient offensive player in the post. And that's something that he and his trainer, Drew Hanlon, have worked on a lot you know, over the last uh, couple of years. And his overall plus-minus is outstanding, as it is for every member of the Celtics team, because they're really good. Um, so I, I think, look, I, I'm, I'm with you that you know, it, it, if I had to vote today, would I probably keep my vote for Jokic? Probably. But if the Celtics finish the season like eight or nine games better than anybody else, I think you have to look at Tatum a little bit differently. And if Tatum is putting up these exact same numbers at the end of the season, they got to look at him and say, well, I mean, where would this... I understand this team's got a lot of firepower and the Drew Holiday trade has worked out great defensively for them, but where would they be without him? Like, you know, he is the unquestioned star of that team. He makes plays for them. Where would they be uh, without him? So I, I think he's, he's going to deserve a longer look at the end of the season if the Celtics wind up lapping the field. That, that would kind of be my take. I'm a voter, and I vote in the straw poll as well, and I voted Nikola Jokic at the top uh, this year. But, you know, really, you know, as I start thinking about where my vote might go next, it's like, you know, if if Oklahoma City surpasses Minnesota in the standings, how do you not vote for Shea yeah. for MVP? I mean, Shea's numbers are ridiculous. I, I was talking to somebody in Oklahoma City last night uh, who was, you know, obviously biased, but steering me to, you know, some of the stats on Shea where he's put up the kind of numbers that we haven't seen since Michael Jordan in his prime you know, back in like 89 to 92 and Steph Curry during his unanimous MVP year in 2015-16. So he has been ridiculous overall. Um, I, I don't think I would put Giannis on a list because it's been so uneven for the Bucks this year. I right. mean, maybe if they finish really strong, he gains some traction. I think Kawhi, frankly, deserves a lot yeah. more credit than he's getting because of how great he's been. But I think for me, this I'll, I'll kind of put a button on it with this. I'll give you the last word on it. Um, for me... If the Celtics are like eight to 10 games better in the loss column, which is possible, right? Now they're five mm-hmm. better in the loss column. If they're eight to 10 games better in the loss column than anybody else, I'm going to give a long look for Jason Tatum for MVP. If the numbers are the same, 26-ish points per game, let's see, like six-ish assists, five, six-ish assists per game, good shooting numbers. Uh, if, if that's the case, I will be giving Tatum a long look for MVP. I Listen, I think he's... Like you said, if they win, you know, 65 games or something like that and no other team has 58, 59, I think he's going to have a great case. I'm glad you brought up Shea, by the way. You know, they did a side-by-side the other night on the Thunder broadcast between 
his current season, Jordan's 88 season. That's, he's also, yeah, that's the, that yeah, those are the numbers yeah. I'm being steered towards. Yeah, I think I'm it's funny, you know, he's had like over 40 games of 30 points. He scored 31 points in the all-star game, then came back his first real game, scored another 31. My last word on Tatum is like, you know, when I listen to like clam chowder radio or whatever it is, you guys call it up there. You know, they're always telling me Derek White's wow. an all-star. Chris Tapps Porzingis is an all-star. Should have been. Jalen Brown is an all-star. Was. Uh, Drew Holiday, the greatest trade ever made. Um, Best defensive player in the league. And so it's like, how, like, if you have all that, if you're playing with three other all-stars and a championship-level point guard and your team has what would be the best net rating in the NBA when you're not on the floor, can you be most valuable? That would be my argument against Tatum. All right, then what, Then by that argument, I don't think you would have voted for Steph back in 15-16, right? Like, how many wins they have that year? Was that – that wasn't the 72-win year. Oh, was let's it? not – it was the 72-win year. And let's not compare okay. – let's not compare anyone to 2016 Steph. Let's just not do that. I'm not. I'm <laughs> just saying uh, – I'm just saying that's – you know, the players around you, yes, generally MVPs yes. are from really good teams. They have good players yes, around yes, That's yes. my only point. <laughs> on that I, look it's it's going to be really close it really is and for sure i, I don't think there's going to be a runaway winner this there's year. a lot of to your point there's a lot of guys who i think deserve whether it's mitchell Kawhi, um like the knicks have taken a little bit of stumble here as guys have been hurt like jalen brunson i think was someone who's going to maybe finish five on a lot of ballots this year there's a lot of guys who deserve to be talked about in the race yeah yeah um i think it's gonna be the closest voting that we've had in a while which means there's gonna be a lot mm-hmm. of lobbying coming from <laughs> Team officials, a lot of phone calls, text messages, emails with stats. I'm, I'm, I'm here for all of it. Ready and ready and ready for all of it. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories. And we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on this week involving LeBron 
and Bronny James. Um, if you missed it, earlier in the week, uh, ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni, who is the premier draftnik out there, came out with a mock draft that took Bronny James off the 2024 uh, draft board and put him in the second round of the 2025 uh, draft. This uh, you know, triggered LeBron to go on social media and effectively say, let the kid be a kid. Why do we have to do all this? Why do we put so much attention? I'm paraphrasing, of course. But why do we have to do, uh, why do we put so much focus on what Bronny is doing this year? Let me say a couple things on that. Um, one, Jonathan Gavoni, not that he needs me to reinforce him, but he is right on taking Bronny James off this year's draft board. Uh, I'm out in L.A., a lot now. And I've gone to a lot of USC games. I've seen a lot of in-person Bronny James. I've watched even more televised games of Bronny James. Right now, he is not an NBA player. Full stop. He is a very good defensive player with the potential to be a great defensive player. He is a solid playmaker with the potential to be better. He's someone that has offensive potential, but we really have no idea what it is because he hasn't kind of unleashed it yet. A lot of that's understandable. The guy nearly died in July, collapsed on the floor at USC, had a cardiac event, took him four months just to get back on the floor, was on a minutes restriction for two. There's no reason for him to be playing at the very best that he would be playing. So what what ESPN and... Jonathan Gavoni did in taking Bronny off the board was accurate. It was accurate. He is objectively a potential 2025 draft pick. And I think he's someone that can get into the first round in 2025. I think with another year under his belt, there's a first round talent uh, uh, in there. But I I just kind of was puzzled by the reaction from LeBron because... No one has put more pressure on Bronny James than LeBron James. Simple. Like, I would not be as focused on Bronny as I've been this year, writing about him, talking to people about him, doing this podcast now about him, if LeBron had not tied himself to Bronny's future. I mean, it was LeBron that, you know, sort of said off the cuff, I guess it was in a locker room setting that Bronny was better than a lot of the guys playing in the league right now. It was LeBron that said he wanted to play with his son someday. It was LeBron that intimated that wherever Bronny went, he would follow. He'll be a free agent or can be a free agent next summer. Um, He suggested strongly at one point that he would go and play wherever Bronny James was was playing. All these things are fine, by the way. Like, I have no problem with them being said. You know, I, I think LeBron is is a model for a athlete parent. He is obviously incredibly supportive of all his kids. Uh, and you see a lot of that on social media. And you can see kind of who these kids are that, 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 that's been a positive uh, for them. But the idea that he's somehow shocked that we're talking about Bronny's draft status is ridiculous. It just is ridiculous. No, we're talking about it because arguably the greatest player of all time could decide where to play next year depending on where Bronny is drafted. 
Like, what are, what are we missing here? Like that that to me was just a a whiff by LeBron to criticize the Draftniks and the people that were out there uh, speculating on Bronny James's future because no one because because he you know fired the starter pistol on all this. He got this all going by tying his future to Bronny's. Yeah, I, I mean, it's tough. I feel worst of all for Bronny and all this. You know, he he's not asked for any of this. Um, you know, he's not someone who is uh, kind of out there publicly. Um, it, he's had like a normal collegiate player's career outside of the, this awful thing that happened to him last summer. Uh, you know, and so him to deal with that, then all the attention that comes from who his dad is, I, I feel worse for him um, because I, I think he seems to be someone who – is working hard toward being a good basketball player. And, you know, I think LeBron ended up deleting that tweet. I also, like, he kind of Streisand affected it. Like, um, I, I think this would have just blown over had LeBron not really said anything. Um, instead, now people are, you know, now we're talking about it. It kind of continues to fuel the discussion. I understand kind of the overprotective nature. He feels the need to act with this. But, you know, it's interesting. Like, LeBron is no stranger to the media, he, I think he has, he, he's going to have to kind of relearn it to an extent when it comes to, I'm sure it's a lot different when it's dealing with the family member as opposed to dealing with it with yourself. But I, I, like, I feel like my advice would be with, to him would be like, listen, man, you're, you're not going to, you can't get caught up in every mock draft because that's going to drive you crazy. That doesn't seem worth your time or attention. Um, I mean, like he was on the cover of our magazine talking about how he wanted to play with not just one, but both of his sons, mm-hmm. let alone the comment that he made that you mentioned. So you know, I understand obviously why this would draw such an emotional response from LeBron, but it just feels like it's not worth his time to wade in the mock draft waters. And to your point, I agree. I think Bronny has potential, but you know, I think the idea that he's going to be a like a draft pick in 2024, let alone a first rounder, is incredibly far fetched. And if he is looking to do what's best for his career, I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm a draft expert here, but. When you look at the recent success of guys who've stayed in college longer, whether it's a Jaime Hawkes or it's Christian Brown, um, that seems like a path that might be more worth Bronny's time, even if that maybe takes playing with his dad off the table. But, yeah, I, I was just kind of surprised that LeBron is letting this get to him so much, only because, listen, this is the kind of coverage he's been exposed to for the last 20 years. Um, yeah, man, it just seems not worth his time. But you, you're definitely right, like – this attention exists largely because of what LeBron has said and done. Yeah, and, you know, with Bronny, um, if he's just thinking about himself and what's best for him, the obvious path is to stay at USC. Um, it's more likely than not that his backcourt mate, Isaiah Collier, is going to leave for the pros. He's considered a lottery pick this year, um, which would open up more playing time for Bronny next year. He can spend the entire summer working on his game, which he was not able to do this past year because of the health issue. He can go into a full training camp, healthy, knowing the system, knowing what it takes to be a college basketball player. And oh, by the way, still make a shitload of money, right? This is not <laughs> yes. the this is not 2003 here. LeBron, you know, Bronny can make, I think his NIL valuation is like $6 million, right? So, and will probably go up next year. So, he'll make roughly what he would make as a rookie in the NBA. And 
still give himself plenty of time to turn pro after his sophomore year when he's, what, the tender age of 20. Um, yeah, that, that to me just makes so much more sense. And for LeBron, it's like, again, you, you made the point. Like, it, it's different when you're looking through the lens of your son. But, you know, people with draft boards are going to be speculating the future of 18-year-olds forever because this is now a huge business. Guys are coming out, you know, right out of that first year of college, eventually probably right out of high school again. Um, it It's just never going to stop. It's never going to stop. So this is kind of where it is with uh, with LeBron and Bronny. But I think for him, for Bronny, it would be the best case scenario is staying in school for one more year. I would, I would think that's a, a, a smarter move. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's talk about Milwaukee. For a minute here, um, the Bucks. I, I caught, I caught some of the game against Charlotte on Tuesday night. I, I only turned it on, Rowan, because I saw that the Hornets scored 26 points in the first half. I, I don't know how it's possible in 2024 for an NBA team to score 26 points in a half. You really have to try to score 26 points uh, in a half. But sure enough, the Grant. The Grant Williams effect seems to be wearing off after the initial sure hot start. Yeah, Your Charlotte Hornets are, are, <laughs> are just had an abysmal first half. A lot of that is definitely them just missing shots. But some of that's the Bucks' defense, which has vastly improved over the last uh, few weeks. You know, in the first 10 games that Doc Rivers coached, they were 3-7, and seven, but they had a uh, defensive rating, I think, inside the top 12. You know, over the last, what is it, three games since the All-Star break, they have a defensive rating inside the top 10. I think it might even be close to top five right now, especially after that debacle, you know, for the Hornets. Um, Things are starting to click a little bit in Milwaukee. They get a win against Minnesota. They then club Charlotte. Um, Do you look at 
Do you think the Bucks are turning a corner here? And is there enough time left in the season for them to reestablish themselves as championship contenders? I definitely think they're starting to turn a corner. I, I mean, you know, their stats are going to be juiced a little bit by playing a team like Charlotte and dominating them to the extent that they did. We look a lot of their defensive metrics since Doc took over, um, really cleaning up a lot of the issues they had under Adrian Griffin, whether it was transition defense, uh, points at the rim, overall defensive rating. Uh, they've looked a lot better. That that was what I wrote about the day Doc took over. This is going to be his biggest, uh, his biggest issue, his number one priority has got to be to fix the defense. And I think they've made significant strides on that end of the floor. Um, that win against Minnesota, probably their best win of the season, really impressive effort in that game. And they've done a lot of this with Chris Middleton hurt again. And I think Middleton's someone who's a really important defender for them um, and is going to be an important player for them in the playoffs. Uh, someone who they've just not been able to get healthy for years now. He's out again, and they've still been playing pretty well. I think Jay Crowder coming back has helped, even if he's not necessarily Phoenix Finals run Jay Crowder. Uh, he's been playing pretty well. So uh, getting healthy at the right time, having Doc there. And I definitely think there's enough time for them to kind of turn the corner here. Remember, when we've talked about them, at no point have we said, listen, Milwaukee needs a top five defense. Can we get to top 15? The, the Nuggets were 15th in defense last year, and they made it work in the playoffs, able to win a title, really turned it on when it mattered most. We know that they have players with defensive talent, whether it's Crowder, whether it's Giannis, whether it's Brooke Lopez, guys who can be really effective and have shown the ability to be effective in high-stakes moments. So we, we know it's there. Um, so I definitely think these are encouraging signs. Um, I still, you know, it's funny because as, as good as the defense has been now and as much as we've seen the improvement, I do have my eye on Middleton in terms of my super big picture zoomed out take on this team because I think it's going to be difficult for them to make a deep run uh, without him looking at least somewhat like that 2021 version of himself. I think they're right to be cautious with him. So, you know, I, I'm definitely trending in a much more positive direction with the Bucks, and as much as Doc has been memed and the jokes have been funny, I do think he's been making an impact. Yeah, it's been making an impact. Um, some of the numbers here, let me read them off to you. The Bucks have held opponents uh, under 100 points in, <laughs> in four of their last six games and are now giving up just 109.2 points per game, which is the seventh best mark in the league uh, since Doc Rivers uh, took over. Before that, Milwaukee had allowed fewer than 100 points just one time prior to Rivers taking over and giving up 120.1 points per game. That was 24th in the, in the NBA. The Bucks' defensive rating in the 13 games under Doc is also tied for sixth best mark in the league after ranking 19th before that. So the numbers tell the story, right? Not the whole story, but that's not an insignificant sample size. Like 13 games is a pretty sizable chunk of games to suggest that uh, there is something happening now in Milwaukee. And I talked a little bit about this last week, but I did spend about a week in Milwaukee around the Bucks. Talked to Doc Rivers at length. Talked to Damian Lillard at length. That story is up on SI.com right now. And, you know, look, one of the things that Doc told me was we got to simplify what we're doing. He said he walked mm -hmm. into a situation where they were trying like six, seven, eight different things to be successful defensively. That's great in theory you know, on a chalkboard, but it doesn't really work in the game when you've got to know exactly what you're doing and where you're going in order to be effective. I made the example of, you know, Miami and Denver, 
Like, there's not a lot of frills to what they do. They just do it really well. They execute exceptionally well. And Doc was like, that's how we need to be. We need to take out all the gimmicky stuff, just be one type of defensive team, and be really good at it. He also pushed back hard on this idea that, you know, losing Drew Holiday was some kind of death blow to this team defensively. Drew, obviously a great defender, but they still had everybody else from that elite defensive team last year. So, you know, look, to your point, Doc has been lampooned a lot over the last couple of weeks. Some of it deserved. You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. And I've I found, you know, I, I, with this, I told... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told the Jedi that you know Anakin was yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many, <laughs> so many. Come on, there was so many really good ones yeah. that that just that were were a good day on social yeah. media for yeah. people that like those kind of jokes. Um, but I think he's the right guy for the job. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think even though he has fumbled, stumbled in the postseason in recent years, he's got away with players in the locker room. He knows what it takes to win at a high level, at least in the regular season, and he has won a championship. You know, with a team that was put together in one year. I mean, remember, the Celtics mm-hmm. won a championship in the first year that they were kind of assembled there. Um, you know, Kevin Garnett was acquired. Ray Allen was acquired. Rajon mm-hmm. Rondo was in his second year. So uh, he's proven he can do he can do that. So I, I agree with you. I, they're not going to be sixth best defensively the rest of the season. You know, and I still want to see what they look like when they go up against Boston, you know, towards the end uh, of this month. But they absolutely... Uh, I think have a chance to get to that level because their offensive firepower is unquestioned. You know, mm-hmm. Lillard, you know, admitted they've they've obviously had some struggles finding chemistry with each other. The relationship with Giannis, work in progress, but they're going to go into virtually every series with the best player on the floor in Giannis. They're going to go into virtually every series with the guy maybe that you're going to want in the fourth quarter of games with the ball in his hands, and that's Damian Lillard. When you have that, you got a chance against anybody in uh, in at least the Eastern Conference. Without a doubt. And by the way, I don't hold Doc Rivers responsible for that most recent 3-2 lead, which we've discussed at length on this podcast with the epic choke job. Pie. It was a blame that, pie. Uh, yeah, that. He had a, he yeah, had a small Yeah, that Harden and Embiid threw up um, in those last two games. And now he has guys who have historically come through in the clutch uh, in big playoff moments in Damon Giannis. So... I definitely think they're trending in the right direction. And I also, I'll just say about Adrian Griffin, who was not expecting that Dame trade to happen and was thinking he was going to build his defense around a different roster. He was also in a tough position. So not trying to throw him under the bus, but I do think doc, uh, is doing what they hired him to do, which is get the most out of this roster real quick. I just wanted to ask you about that Dame Q and a, cause it's causing quite the stir. Some of the quotes he had, um, you know, obviously he's going through some personal stuff in his life, which I think has affected, his transition to Milwaukee. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, you mentioned you talked to him at length. It was a really revealing Q&A. What did you just kind of make of where he's at with this Bucks experience so far? I'd look, I think Dame is fine in Milwaukee. I think some of the quotes that were pulled and went viral on social media were taken a little out of context. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy, when he's talking about how he, you know, doesn't have much of a life that's not because he's in Milwaukee as opposed to Miami I saw a lot of that on social Mm -hmm. media trust me Damian Lillard would not be on South Beach in Miami that's just (laughs) not who he is what he was saying was this was the first time in my life in my career that I have basically been alone you know Mm -hmm. his his kids are back in the Portland area 
The entire support system that he built in Portland is still there. His family is in Oakland. He was saying to me, like, you know, when I, and, and there's a lot more from Dame in the magazine coming mm-hmm. out in, in a couple of weeks, but he was saying to me that, you know, when I went for, to college, the flight from Weber State in Ogden, Utah, back to Oakland was less than two hours. Uh, it was even less going from Oakland to Portland. And when he went to Portland, he had two of his closest friends that were going to school at Lewis and Clark University. So he, he like he's always had a support system mm-hmm. wherever he's gone. Um, not the case in Milwaukee. He moved out there with one of his cousins, and they just hang out. And as, again, it has nothing to do with Milwaukee. Zero mm-hmm. to do with the city of Milwaukee. It's just he's if he had gone to Miami, it probably would have been the exact same thing. Uh, he, he just has a place out there, um, hangs out as he said. He watches boxing and so does a can lot you of- also? That was my follow up question, which is what is fight hype? Do you are you also YouTubing <laughs> fight hype? Videos? Fight hype is one of the. It, it's a boxing YouTube site that has a lot of interviews with people. In got it, it's got like it. one of those sites okay. where you you boxing journalism in 2024 is really a lot of people with camera phones sticking them in front of athletes faces and <laughs> got it influential okay. people is and they all wind up on fight hype and dame watches a lot of uh of boxing stuff but big picture look he's he's happy out there he's happy you know playing with Giannis. you know he, he's not gonna lie and say like oh everything's great we're we're like the perfect couple mm-hmm. it's from day one it's uh it's been awesome like relationships take time they, they take time and you know dame's eager for this one to continue to develop and to flourish. He also believes Doc Rivers, you know, being there is the right thing. Like, you know, Doc has, has brought something different that this team unquestionably uh, needed there. So he believes they're on the right track. The other quote that was taken out was like, you know, I thought we we're going to be like Boston now. It, the question was, what did you think after the first preseason game? Because I was there with him yeah. in L.A., when they beat up on the Lakers, and that was mm-hmm. the debut of Giannis and Dame. They both combined for 30 in limited minutes. And he said, look, I thought we could hit the ground running. That would be great. You know, it, uh, things happen. <laughs> you know, Terry Stott's exit obviously had a big impact on him. Um, so, I, I, look, the bottom line is he's fine out there. And I'm never going to bet against Damian Lillard being successful. I mean, the guy, even though he's never won a championship, has won a lot in his time in the NBA. Won a lot of games with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, got to a conference finals with the Portland Trailblazers, really accomplished as much as you possibly could given the talent that was around him for all those years. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to get bet against him. I think he and Giannis are going to continue to get better. I think the defense will you know, continue to improve from what it was in the first half of the season. I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. To your point, a lot of it's going to depend on Chris Middleton. They need that third star out there on the floor. It can't just be Malik Beasley uh, as that third guard. Pat Connaughton can't be that that extra star. Um, it's got to be Chris Middleton. So when they go up against the Celtics uh, or any of the teams, the top half of the conference, they're going to need you know that guy uh, out there on the floor. So, yeah, that was good stuff I had with Dame. And, and again, there's a lot more that I saved for the magazine that's coming out in just a few weeks. All right, we will be back, Rohan, this time next week. For now, everybody enjoy the games.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.